welcome to the Badass Premier's Business School Podcast. If you are a life or a health coach, a wellness practitioner, or a healer, stick around because I share the insights group on running a thriving, soul-satisfying online coaching practice. Hi, my name is Leslie Bytel, and I'm a business strategist and coach at lesliebytel.com. And today we are going to be talking about my unique strategy. I'm going to be sharing what I call my six figure cash flow formula. And this is a seven step process that you can easily implement in your own business to create a highly profitable and enjoyable coaching business. Hi there, I'm Didi Hoffman, your host on the Badass Premier's Business School podcast, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to a real badass coaching business and sales expert. Leslie Bytel is a business strategist and coach for health professionals. She teaches her clients to overcome the confusion associated with the business side of running a successful practice. Pulling from a variety of leading edge strategies, Leslie teaches the necessary tools and techniques to attract plenty of right-fit clients and to create multiple streams of income, resulting in a thriving, successful, and profitable coaching business. And may I just add one thing here? Leslie was a speaker at the recent Badass Launch Tactics Symposium, where she gave us a really badass framework for conducting a discovery call. Leslie, welcome to the Badass Premier's Business through podcast. Thank you, Didi. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, it's awesome having you here. Leslie, we've got a little glimpse of what you do for a living. So, but please tell us, what are you most passionate about in your personal life? Uh, in my personal life, my family. Ah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have two kids and a husband and, and two fur babies, <laughs> two, uh, two dogs. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So we love to travel. We love to hike. Uh, anything outdoors. Love to be outside. And, and, and you guys are empty nesters as well now. Yes. Brand new <laughs> empty nesters. So, yeah, it's been an interesting transition. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. <laughs> but all of a sudden, um, it seems like all of a sudden I have both of my kids in college. So I have a son who's at Purdue in Indiana studying electrical engineering. And I have a daughter uh, who's a freshman at University of Minnesota studying environmental engineering. Oh, that's cool. That's really so, cool. Yeah. So lots of uh, good stuff going on. Oh. Let's switch gears here. You know, as you think about the future of the health coaching industry, what are you most excited about? Well, I think it's just such a great time to be in the health field. Um, I mean, the demand is never been as high. And I think from my perspective, one of the most exciting things and kind of, a, I guess you would say maybe a silver lining as a result of the pandemic which definitely, you know, threw us all for a loop. But I, I would say if there's a silver lining, it's that in terms of healthcare, I think it's really increased the 
you know, it's definitely just health in general is high on everyone's radar, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the demand is greater. And also for the practitioner and coach, we are now in a position where doing our work virtually is very acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you know, I think some of us might have been a little bit uncertain about that model but nowadays it's it's just it's just kind of the norm so i love the idea that our coaches can have that uh freedom right location freedom and really be able to do the work that they love helping people uh but be able to do it on their terms right so it's great because we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, it reduces our overhead greatly and it increases our flexibility and freedom to be able to offer all of our services online. Yeah, and I think, you know, with that location freedom also comes a little bit of extra time freedom because we don't have to travel into an office, you know, waiting for clients to come to our premises or whatever. In, 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 in the same vein, looking into the future, is there anything that you're, for the health coaching industry, is there anything that you are concerned about? I would, not for the industry. I would say not for the industry as a whole. Um, I mean, there's definitely challenges, of course. Uh, and I would say really from my perspective as a business strategist and coach, and really having spent, you know, many years myself in private practice, running a nutrition and coaching wellness coaching practice, I can really relate to the, the challenge being, um, you know, we have great training, right? Really, we're good at what we do. And most, I would say, your listeners, you know, they're in a good place. They've done the hard work already in terms of getting their education, getting, you know, their training, their credentialing. The challenge is usually the business side of creating a profitable practice, right? Because that is the stuff that we don't learn in our training programs, unfortunately. Or if we do, (laughs) um, unfortunately, Depending, I suppose, depending on the program, uh, a lot of times the strategies aren't all that useful. So at least that was my experience. So, you know, we come out of our training, we get our coaching certification, we're all excited, ready to hit the ground running. And then, you know, we hang our shingle, so to speak. And a lot of times we end up hearing crickets, right? And it's because we've you know, rightly so, focused a lot of our time increasing our our skill set, really focusing on our skill set, our coaching skill set, which is absolutely understandable. Uh, but I would say that would be my concern is really the, uh, you know, that, that gap, right, absolutely. in terms of the business side of running a profitable practice. Let us take a quick gift break. Paris Punias, would you like to get the best business building checklists for launching your online coaching practice so that you can start generating cash flow and clients, build momentum and freedom, and lay a solid foundation for a thriving coaching practice that does work that matters? If that's the case, 
go to badasspreneurs.com and sign up for the free Badass Business Building Checklist Collection for online coaches. The collection is packed with business building checklists you won't find anywhere else. Like the Willits Fly Checklist. There's the Does Your Business Logic at Up Checklist. And there are many more. Visit badasspreneurs.com, get the checklist, and let's start badassing your online coaching practice. Let's imagine I'm your favorite, favorite cousin from South Africa. And I want to follow in your footsteps. So I've just completed my coaching certification and I desperately need to generate some cash flow. But I'm totally confused and overwhelmed by all the conflicting advice out there. I don't have a website yet. I have no email list. I've got no social media following. So Leslie, I need an action plan. How do I get my practice off the ground? Okay. I love this question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share six steps, maybe a few mini steps in between, just to give us some, um, some context for how to go about this. Cool. So really, okay, the first step really is connecting with potential clients, right? So uh, before I go into detail about the different ways to connect with potential clients, I do want to mention a really important point, And that is, and sometimes this is overlooked. I do think it's super important to revisit. So like, let's say you're, you pretty much have your niche nailed down, right? You're, you're clear on who you're going to serve. I would still revisit that, especially given the, the uh, scenario that you just described. So I would definitely recommend I like to do this myself, you know, every year. And I recommend that my clients do the same. Revisit your messaging, revisit your target audience, make sure that you're on track because sometimes we need to make some, some tweaks, right? So clarify for yourself, who is it that you are wanting to serve? Who is your target audience? And I would ask, I would recommend that you ask yourselves just a few questions about that, just to ensure the viability of that target market and niche. Number one, do, does your audience, do they know they have a problem and are they motivated to solve it? Okay. Do they know they have a problem and are they motivated to solve it? And this is important because you don't want to invest, you know, weeks and weeks and months, maybe even years trying to educate your audience. That's like swimming upstream, right? It's really, really hard to do. So we, if you want to get, you know, fast results, you want to make sure that your niche, your target market, they're ready to roll. They know they've got a problem. They're motivated to solve it. They are willing to invest their resources into solving the problem that you help them solve. And you do want to make sure that they're, you know, you can access that market as well. So you really want to think about, you know, does this target audience, do they congregate it? Do they hang out in a certain place? Like, where can I access them? So once you're clear on those get in terms of your target audience, right? Because messaging is shown of all the, the, the it's, what are the pain points, the problems that you help solve and what are the results 
that you help your clients to achieve. Okay. So really, I would say clarify those things, and then we can move on to really the, the, the first, I would say, big step in the process, which again is connecting with potential clients. So let's talk about that because honestly, Didi, there's so there's countless ways we can connect with potential clients, like so many ways I couldn't even begin to count. But I'm going to talk through um, some of my favorite ways, um, just to help everyone listening. To my goal is that you know you each of each of your listeners walk. I would like them to walk away with maybe let's say two to three strategies that they'd like to implement. Okay. All right. So let's jump in. So <clears throat> the first way to connect would be through your own personal contacts, right? So I, I love this way. It's just, it's good old fashioned networking, right? It's taking a look at, you know, it, it's just, it maybe making a list of all the people that you know, maybe people that you've worked with in the past, um, your neighbors, your, you know, people at your, at your health club, like who just make a list and do not censor. I would just say brainstorm a list of people in your world, past or present. And honestly, what I would recommend is that you just reach out to them and do some good old fashioned networking. And chances are really great that they know someone who could potentially use your help, right? Um, or they might know someone who could be a great referral source. So you just want to rekindle relationships because honestly, in this type of business that we're all in, I believe so strongly that it's relationship-based. There's lots of great online strategies and those are all fantastic. But at the end of the day, it does come down to relationships and trust. So that's where I personally would start. Look for, you know, personal contacts and I would just start networking with them. And I, I can virtually guarantee that doors will open through that strategy. So I have several other ways to connect with potential clients. Should we keep going? Oh, give, us a, give us another one. Okay. So, all right. So my fate, so basically personal connections and networking, and then I love speaking. Okay. I personally love, and I think it's so incredibly effective doing, uh, I recommend that my clients all try to do some speaking events, right? So especially if you can book these events, and be able to get in front of your target audience. Of course, that's ideal. So um, I help all of my clients to create like a signature speech or a signature talk. So guys, when you are looking for speak opportunities, my recommendation is number one, try to ensure that the audience is actually going to be your target audience, right? You do wanna to try to make sure to the extent you can control that. And number two, be cognizant. You don't need to be creating like, you know, all kinds of different um, talks, right? So you really want to have one main talk that you deliver, maybe two, right? Maybe you have a variation of that talk. 
Um, and then once you've got that talk set up, I would just, I would, I'd try to lock it in, right? Try to uh, get those scheduled, get people to attend. And then from that talk, you can offer a next step. And that really brings us to uh, really step number two in, in my six step cash flow formula process. Okay. So we're going to connect with potential clients. And again, there's tons and tons of ways to do that. There's paid ads, there's, you know, again, talks, media, networking, workshops, email, um, internet traffic, social media, uh, personal, you know, networking, all of those different ways. And again, the idea here is we're going to connect and then we're going to offer a next step, right? And quite often that next step is a free offer, right? So sometimes we, I've heard this called like a taste, right? And typically it's free. Now, to be clear, this generally would be, it, it would require a, uh, like it, it would require your audience to share their name and email typically, right? So it's like an opt-in or sometimes this is called a lead magnet. So basically we're inviting people to maybe download uh, a juicy free thing of some sort, right? So it could be like a website freebie, maybe a, a little video series you put together, an ebook, an infographic, something along those lines that you can easily offer. And you can do this from, you know, from a talk, like I said, however you're getting in front of your people. But the key here is that when you get in front of people, right, connecting with potential clients, you're offering them a next step and typically it's free, all right? So that is the second step is uh, offering like a, a free offer of some sort, something really compelling. And I do want to say, Didi, it's very important to really consider what the topic is going to be for that free thing. Because, you know, there's a lot of options out there now. And so you just want to try to ensure that whatever topic you're choosing, you you want it to, honestly, you want it to solve an urgent problem. And, and to be clear, you're not attempting to solve the whole problem, right? That would be impossible in a PDF, right? It's absolutely impossible. So what I have found is the more specific the, the topic is, the the, the more compelling it's going to be for the audience. It's really interesting in that way. Okay. So you do want to pick something really juicy and compelling for your free offer or taste. So that's your second step. Now, the third step is follow-up. Okay. And this is really important. And quite honestly, this is often where things fall apart <laughs> to be really frank. Um, quite often, you know, we're like, okay, good. I got in front of my audience. Yay. I offered them a free taste. Great. You know, maybe they opted in, you've got them on your email list. And unfortunately, quite often we kind of drop the ball uh, between steps two and three, which is follow-up. 
And so I to follow up and that can be done in multiple different ways. It can be done, you know, it can even be done old fashioned phone call. <laughs> it really can, um, you know, it could be a text, it could be uh, a, an email, it could be, it could even be some kind of a, um, honestly, it, it could be even mail mail. I mean, that would be really, that would stand out in this day and age because so few people use, you know, the postal mail, but that's a possibility as well. So bottom line, just follow up. That is really the key. It doesn't really matter how you do it, just do it and just check in with that person. Maybe, you know, ask them what their big takeaways were from your, maybe your talk and, or the free taste, but you just want to follow up because you want to start to develop a relationship with that person. So that's really step three is follow up. So, all right, so let's keep going, shall we? Let's go to step number four. And step number four is the, you want to invite that person into what I call an enrollment conversation. And essentially this is an opportunity. It sometimes this is called a discovery call. Sometimes it's called a clarity call. There's a lot of different names for this process, but essentially this is your opportunity to have some one-on-one -on -one time with that person. And the goal here is really to take that person on an emotional journey so that they increase their own clarity for themselves in terms of really the cost of staying stuck, you know, the cost of staying stuck and struggling on their own. Maybe they're, they have overwhelmed, they're confused about, you know, how to solve this problem. Maybe they've been struggling with it for years and years. So really our job in that enrollment conversation is not to tell them how crummy it is to be stuck. We don't want to do that. Instead, we want to ask them. So we're asking really, really good questions so that they hear themselves articulate these things. It's much, much more powerful if we ask these questions instead of tell. So we want to help them to clarify for themselves the cost of, of staying stuck. We want to help them to get some clarity in terms of what they want instead and how achieving that vision that they hold for themselves is going to change their lives. So we want to ask again, really good questions to help the, the potential client clarify for themselves, really those two points. And then in that enrollment conversation, once we have those two data points, you know, where they are now, where they want to be, then we're in a really good position to authentically offer a next step, which is a paid next step, right? So we position our services as the bridge to help them get from point A, which is struggling, to point B, which is that transformation that they desire. So it's, it's a really a beautiful setup to authentically position your service as the solution to, to, their, to their challenges that they're experiencing, okay? So um, I teach, you know, several steps within that enrollment conversation. And um, if we have time, maybe we can circle back around, but let's keep going in terms of 
the these core six steps to help people uh you know kind of get a jump start on their businesses so all right so we've let, let's do a quick review we're connecting with potential clients all kinds of different ways however you want to get in front of your audience we move them into a free next step like a taste of some sort step three is we do follow up really important always follow up so that you can actually invite them into the uh an enrollment conversation or discovery call right so we go through the discovery call process um and and our goal of course is to move them into a paid service as as the next step right so we want to move them into a paid Whatever, you know, whatever is appropriate for them. We want to try to ensure that it's a good fit, of course, and that's all based on what your, your takeaways are from that enrollment conversation. So we want to move them into a paid program or service. And this could be, you know, of course, one-on-one -on -one private work. It could be maybe a group program, a mastermind, um, you know, depending on what you've got in your, in your product suite. Um, I mean, let's be honest, if, if your main focus is one-on-one -on -one work, uh, then, then of course, in my opinion, that is usually the best fit for people quite often, right? Because it really provides the highest level of service and therefore the typically the best results. Okay. So, um, but if you've got other programs in in your in your product suite, then by all means, you want to definitely try to match. Of course, consider your goals, right? Um, if you're trying to fill up, and you think that person would be a good fit, then you know you're gonna you're gonna make that recommendation accordingly. So okay, so again, we're we're moving people, potential clients, from that discovery call or enrollment conversation. Hopefully, hopefully depending on how that enrollment conversation goes, you're moving maybe eight out of 10 of those leads into a paid program. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, of course, depending on the quality of, of lead, right? So after we move them into a paid service, then of course we need to deliver. We need to deliver on all of our promises, right? So I like to call this the white glove service. So basically we're looking at, you know, impeccable over delivery of your promises. Now, when I say over deliver, I wanna be clear, this does not mean bad boundaries, <laughs> okay? To be clear, you wanna really uh, uphold your, your boundaries, but really provide great service. Um, I think that's super important and, and probably um, goes without saying, but you do want to really do everything on your side of the street to really ensure that your client um, moves through your process and is, is happy with their results, right? Everything that's in your power. But remember, I do think this is important to mention, ultimately, you are not solely responsible for your client's results. So it really is a kind of a balancing act. So just be sure that you're doing what's on your side of the street. You're upholding your promises. You're delivering that white glove service. You're trying 
to keep that person motivated and moving through your process so that they get the results that they desire, right? And, you know, really one great way to do that is check-ins, you know, ongoing follow-up during their paid experience with you. So you want to kind of keep a pulse on how, you know, how they're matriculating through the program and, uh, you know, just, just making sure that you're on top of it there, again, with good boundaries, okay? So then, now, this last step in this process is actually an interesting one. And this is, this is huge, okay? I want to say the last step in my process is basically an upsell, downsell, or cross-sell. So after your client goes through that program, like let's just say hypothetically, they go through, let's just say a three-month program with you, and that's their initial commitment, you always have a next step for them always, right? And I will say this is quite often another spot where many of us drop the ball. We go, oh, great, they're finished with their program and, and that's it. So guys, please, please, please have a next step. You always have a next step for people, okay? Um, you can have a few different next steps in, in your back pocket you know, depending on uh, what's a good fit for them to move forward. But essentially, let me define those terms. So an upsell would be something that is um, a higher level of expense, right? So it could be that you, you invite that person into a higher level, maybe a VIP level program. Um, a, a cross-sell would be something of equal value. So perhaps they end up um, continuing the program as is. That would, that would be an example of a cross-sell. A down-sell would be you know, a program or some type of offer that is um, less of an investment. So as an example, perhaps, perhaps you like let's say the person initially signed up for a three-month vip level type of coaching program like all the bells and whistles like the highest level program that you have in your business so um what you could do and again this, i think this really depends on the person's needs so you could invite them into maybe a group mastermind and that would most likely be a downsell right the investment level would be a little bit lower so that's exactly, you know, like in my business, once my clients complete their initial six month coaching program with me, and this is for my private clients, like the VIP level, then we always have a conversation about what's next, right? We do a little debriefing, um, you know, we discuss all the amazing accomplishments that they've made over the past six months. And then I help them to kind of outline what are your next steps in your business development journey? And that gives me the data points I need to, to know what would be a, a good next step for them in terms of our continuation in working together. And really depending on the client, sometimes they continue you know, working with me privately in the exact same program. So that would be a cross-sell. Sometimes they are ready to uh, maybe they don't need private coaching anymore 
and they're ready to move into more of that mastermind type of setup, right? So, um, so I have a program for that where, you know, it's, it's a, an exclusive little mastermind with more advanced practitioners. And uh, so that would be considered a downsell because the investment level is lower than my VIP level program. So those are the steps um, just to give everyone, you know, kind of some context in terms of the steps that I would recommend, at, you know, that all of your listeners try to outline, you know, in terms of business planning, how are you going to get in front of your potential clients? I would say pick maybe pick two or three ways and really just focus on those ways to get in front of people before you add on, right? So how are you going to connect with potential clients? What is that free taste going to be? And of course, you know, there, there is some tech in terms of getting that set up, but the free taste gives you an opportunity to get people on your email list and really grow your audience. So I think that's a very important step in, in all of this. Remember, step three is follow-up. So you do want to follow up with people that opt in and uh, join your email list. Then number four is you're going to invite people into a conversation, right? You want to invite them into an enrollment conversation or a discovery call. Hopefully, you know, uh, the majority of those people are going to move into the next step, which is a paid step, right? You're going to invite them into a paid service or program. You're going to provide that white glove service with good boundaries. And then once they complete that initial commitment, you're then going to invite them into a next step. So there's always a next step. That's something, um, again, I feel like that is something that I see a lot of coaches, uh, it's a sometimes a missed opportunity, right? Where, um, again, quite often we think, okay, they went through the program, now they're done. Well, they're, they're really probably never done, <laughs> or at least not done for a long time. We do want to continue to find opportunities to serve our people. And, and this has been shown over and over and over again in, you know, market research. And the, the philosophy with this last step is, I, I think they say it's 11 times more cost effective to continue to serve your audience as compared to always trying to go out and find a new client, right? I mean, you start to really, you're kind of on a hamster wheel with always, always, always trying to find new clients. So really a missed opportunity in many, many businesses is, um, you know, like, let's just call it like a maintenance program of some sort. So I really want to make sure that uh, that's a big takeaway for everyone. If you don't have a continuation or maintenance program, really would highly recommend um thinking about what that could look like. So those are my steps. Look, I'm, 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 I'm totally speechless here. It, it's, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. You've really boiled it down. And I think to the, the, the key critical steps that are necessary. I've just got one question. When, you, yeah. when you're a new coach and you're starting out, your first paid offer that you make up what what what's your feelings on that? Because there, there are 
different kinds of advice on that. You know, some people say uh, a three-month program, others say a six-month program. And, and in terms of the length of the program, what, what do you feel works best for a new coach? Mm, great question. <clears throat> so, all right. So my recommendation is to consider, of course, I never have a straight answer, right? I could give you a straight <laughs> answer, but I like to look at the cons. <laughs> all right. Well, let me just, I will start by saying, I, I think 99% of the clients I've worked with do a three-month program. Okay. I did a three-month program when I had my um, coaching business um, in, you know, my nutrition coaching business, I should say. But really, here, here's a couple of variables that I think are important to consider when deciding the duration of the program. Remember, you have to feel confident that you're taking that person, your potential client, or your client in this case, not your potential client, from struggling, whatever their pain is, to getting it that you're able to deliver. Now, does it mean you're 100% solving their problems? Most likely not, right? Um, I would say, you know, again, that's where the maintenance programs come in, come into play or the continuation programs. <clears throat> but you do need to feel really confident that whatever duration you're choosing is going to give you ample time to deliver on your promises. Now, that being said, the longer the program, the higher the price point. So we do have to balance that out, right? So honestly, while I love the idea, like honestly, six months sounds great, it is, it's a higher price point. It's just, it's gonna be a higher price point. So because of that, um, honestly, I would recommend for a new coach. And here's another little tip. Now, you can, honestly, you can take this one or leave it. It's really up to the coach. But um, sometimes when my clients are first starting out and they've got, you know, they've got some discomfort around selling and, and this is all new to them. Um, I like to recommend that they've got a backup program in their back pocket, right? Now you do want to be careful with this because your risk. So first of all, if you have a backup, do not put it on your website. Okay. Do not, because if you put those side by side, people will always pick the path of least resistance. Okay. So this is only pulled out kind of when, um, as needed, right? So like, let's say you're talking to a potential client on a discovery call. They really, really, really are a great fit. You really, really want to help them. For whatever reason, they just cannot do the uh, three-month program, okay? And, and you've, you've exhausted, you know, all of your efforts. Instead of losing them, you could say, all right, let, let, let's talk about this. Let's figure out a way to make this work. I know you want to do this. That's really clear to me. I know you're, you know, you're, you're, you're committed. You want to make these changes. I'll tell you what I can do for you. And then you can offer that backup. But again, only do that. Just, you have to be careful because you don't want your smaller uh, backup offer to cannibalize your, your main program. 
And I do think that you need to um, position that backup offer. You need to be honest with the person, right? It's not the full program, but it is a great starting point. And if you really feel strongly that you want to help the person, I would I'd be really straightforward about that. It's a great starting point. I really want to help you. And I think this could be a good fit given, you know, your constraints. So that is a long answer for, I would do a three month program. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that. Straight, straight into the point. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leslie, thank you for that last question. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a broad question. Any final words of advice for our badasspreneurs starting out? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. The, here's a really important thing. So many people, client or coaches and practitioners. It's so interesting. Um, they kind of think in their minds that they have to have like all this all kinds of stuff set up before they can start, right? All kinds of things set up, a website, like all these, you know, processes in place. And and the reality is you don't, you really don't. Um, I was actually, I did a group coaching call last night, kind of like a, um, like a, you know, I do this every now and then a complimentary two hour you know, coachathon, if you will. And I actually had this question, right? Leslie, what do I need to do before I can start? Seriously, that was the question. And I was like, well, <laughs> so this person was a licensed practitioner. So I said, you definitely want to get insurance, right? You know, some kind of liability insurance, which is super easy. Like you could do that like overnight, right? So easy. And you, you do want to make sure that you have a way to take payment, right? Tons of options nowadays. So that should take about five minutes to figure out if that, um, you want to clarify for yourself, your offer, like what is your core offer? And of course, what is your price point? And that's it. That's really all you need. And so the thing that I want to really emphasize here is quite often new coaches and practitioners, like we forget, like we have people in our own backyards that need our help. So you don't have to have like this complete full setup to start. My recommendation is just get out there and start talking to people. Let people know, let them know about your passion to help people get out of whatever it is that you help them do. And doors will really start to open. Invite people into a conversation. That's the key. Invite them in, you know, to some complimentary one-on-one time with you. um, And then invite them into that paid step, right? So that is, I think, the most important thing. Don't get so bogged down. I call it hiding behind your computer. And I know I did this. (laughs) I, I can raise my hand and say, I got what that is. Um, because I was that person that, you know, I had the most, I had a beautiful website. I spent all kinds of time, you know, putting it to, well, I didn't build it, but, you know, 
making sure it was all perfect and doing all this stuff behind my computer. And I can honestly say that that is, that's a hindrance. Get out there and talk to people, network. And that's really my best advice. I know it's kind of old fashioned, but guys, remember, even with all of the technology that we have, the social media, it's still about trust and relationships. At the end of the day, that's really what, what we're in the business for. So you have to go out and talk to people and develop, you know, networking and, um, you know, even if you use those social media uh, platforms, you want to think about like, can I invite someone into a Zoom chat, right? Like maybe you're looking for referral sources and you're wanting to develop relationships with other professionals that could be a good referral source. So you can use those platforms like LinkedIn, just as an example, but I would take it a step further. I would actually, you know, kind of develop um, a relationship with people with that person on uh, LinkedIn, just as an example. And then I would say, hey, you know, I'd love to learn more about you. I really like what I'm seeing. I love the work that you're doing. Would you, you know, would you be willing to grab a quick 10 minute Zoom call? Really, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at, uh, at the results. So use technology, if you wish, to put you in a, to utilize the technology so that you can set up these more, um, you know, intimate conversations with people. And always go at it from the perspective, not that you're asking, you're really not going at it from that perspective of, you know, um, gosh, I feel so uncomfortable because I'm going to be selling myself. It's not, a, just remember, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. So try not to get stuck in that mindset. What you're doing is you're reaching out because you want to learn about them, right? And you want to potentially talk about how you can help other people. So it's, it's funny because it's really not about you hardly at all. Okay. So hopefully that helps with the mindset piece. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Awesome advice. You know, we, we always teach our students and most of them are healers. Uh, but our, our message to them is when you're starting out, you spend 20% of your time behind your computer and 80% of your time speaking to to prospective clients, speaking to mentors, speaking to other people, just getting that communication going. Uh, so awesome. Thank you for that advice. Leslie, you have a valuable freebie, and I'm going to drop the link in the in the show notes, but you have a valuable freebie that our bad has can download. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I do. I have a really awesome infographic. And um, so I love this because it outlines the exact steps that we went through today in terms of helping you to build your practice. So um, this is called the six figure cash flow formula. And so really all of those steps that we discussed are outlined in this infographic. So I think you'll find it um, uh, to be a very useful resource. Love that. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with us. We wish you only the very best and may your business grow and prosper beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for having me, Didi. 
There you have it, Badass Preneurs. Another badass episode packed with information to help you build your own wildly successful high-impact coaching practice. Download Leslie's freebie, connect with her on social media. All the links are on today's show notes page. Just hop on over and start badassing your coaching business. And whilst you're there, check out the other podcast episodes and resources. Be blessed, and I'll see you in the next episode. If you like what you've heard on this podcast episode, please be a badass and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And whilst you're there, please leave me a five-star rating and a review. It's very much appreciated.